today on Learn Me Something. The race that eats its young. Versus. Fuel yippin'. Caleb, this is the last week that I'm in Denver. <gasps> dun, and the last dun, dun. week in our basement dungeon apartment. <laughs> in the so I'm excited dungeon. to have a, a, big, a big window in the future. Yeah, that's so fun. Are you... You come back this next weekend, a week from recording this. Yep, yep, and then and then we're gonna be doing some traveling, and I kind of want to keep keep that a little bit of a secret because I'll be re- recording from different locations, various geographic and, uh, locations. Sure, and I want to keep it a little bit of a surprise. That's pretty fun. I feel like that alone is gonna make people want to vote for you, so I'm gonna have to kind of bring the heat a little bit. <laughs> Cause yeah, I, I'm not going to have to do any research. I'll just <laughs> be. Hey, look, here's where I am. Look how cool I am. Vote for me. And then I'll be like, cool. hey, it's a little Caleb from Montana again. Still sitting on his couch <laughs> above the ballet yeah. studio. So that, that's my plan. It, uh, yeah, I don't, I've never got to be above a ballet studio. No, it's cool. Let me tell you. Free cool music. Stuff. Yeah, downtown living. Uh, the ballet... So when they're practicing, you can hear them just a little bit, and they just transitioned into, uh, well, it depends on the group. You can tell the age group based off what they're playing. So some of them are doing, like, Broadway. That's kind of fun, like Broadway songs. Yeah. Uh, And some other groups, I'm assuming the older crew has already started Christmas music. It's that time of year. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Do you... Do you feel like you're more cultured and you can recognize classical music better? Do they ever play that stuff? Uh, they do. Yeah, they do. But it's usually, I couldn't name any of the songs, but it's usually songs yeah, but like that if it's you heard like, it. Yeah, I, I know that song. That's an old <laughs> I don't classical. know what it's called. I could sing along with it. I could <laughs> scat along with it. Yeah. <clears throat> Every once, I'm trying to think of a good example. Every once in a while, they'll play a song that's like, what? Who... Who is down there dancing ballet to that song? This very is like Cotton Eye Joe or something. <laughs> no, it's it's just usually like this very very interesting. Sometimes their song choice is interesting, but you know it's artistic choice. And uh, who am I to judge it? Art is art, right? At least you're not below a ballet studio. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that's very different. Sometimes when it's a kid's class, you can hear like a loud bang and it's like, oh, someone just ate it. Someone fell over. <laughs> a loud bang just... and then a scream <laughs> and then a teacher going, shh, it's okay, it's okay. Shh, 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 shh. Hey, hey, shh, shh. why do we fall, Mr. Way? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's something you do with like a horse. Maybe not uh, with little kids. Josiah. We are like three minutes-ish into this episode, and we have yet to even reveal that this is our first themed episode of the season. Yeah, uh, sports-themed, which sports. I think we've done before, so oh. sports part two. Or was that just, it we, happened to be sports? We did, um, no, I'm trying to, so you did underground sports, so you did a lot of super obscure, oh. kind of, uh, think, yeah, yeah, I yeah. forget, is it Afghanistan? I don't remember where, but the one where they got like the goat head, 
and they're on horseback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like polo, ho- polo on horseback, but with a, a goat carcass. Yeah. So you here, let me just scroll and find that episode. Uh, you did that one. That was also the one with the people that had to like build the human tower, wasn't it? Oh, the human tower. That's in Spain where, yeah, the goal is to just stack up people as high as you can. And they like wear helmets and you get the smallest kid on the top. And then when <laughs> they fall, you just have to catch them. They're yeah. like nine, ten people high. Uh, yeah. So, okay. I just found the episode was not a sports-themed episode. You did, as a topic, underground sports is what you called it. My topic that episode was the Is Paul McCartney Dead? Oh, uh, not sports-related. Okay, so this is the first sports theme. Yeah, first one. You guys have never heard anything like this in your life, I bet. But maybe you have. And we have one episode that's similar. (laughs) But it's it's sports-themed. Yeah, there you go. Um, and if you're first-time listener, this is a competitive teaching podcast where we each bring that a topic is. to the table, present it, and then we have the listeners decide who wins and who loses, and the loser has to do a punishment each episode. Yeah, interesting twist. So if yeah. you're a long-time Learn Me Something listener, you know that we start the episode, we chit-chat for a little bit, have some fun jargon. I like the word jargon. And then the loser of the last episode talks about his punishment experience and what he had to do, how it went, all that kind of stuff. This episode is not that way. And the reason is we have had our first ever Learn Me Something tie. Yeah, I I usually close it down Sunday night. It was tied then. I opened it up for another day, asked people to vote. And it was still tied by the end of that day. Yeah, more like, people well, voted, still tied. So that we said, "What do we do?" So it's so decided. Yeah, tell them what we. Uh, nobody what we did on. the punishment this last time, so we're doing <laughs> double or nothing. So the punishment was you had to get like long acrylic nails yep. on all ten of your fingers, and so we are gonna. You had to do it for a day. So this time, we're gonna say the loser has to do it for two days. Whoever loses this episode, double or acrylic nothing. nails for two days. And so the nails have be, to be twice as long. <laughs> <laughs> which is going to be about a foot long. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I hope not. Not that. Okay. Whatever you can find at the store. That's what I say. So. I don't. Do, can you just buy them at the store? Or do you have to go to a place to get them on? You. I don't I don't know. You were the one who did the research and said that you can buy them at Walgreens. So I've been going off that information. Okay. Not that I, I'll need I to. I guess I'm just not 100% sure. Like, I, that was like, <laughs> oh, there's things on the website. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll hunt around. We'll, uh, f- we'll find out what happens. I'm sure maybe someone somewhere has a set that we could, I'm sure you can't borrow them, but that Can you, you could take. Are they reusable? I don't know. No. Surely Wait, not. Because maybe. You have to, like, glue them, right? You know those, uh, like, did you ever get like a magic kit when you were a kid? Uh, or no. was that just me? They're I was super into me. magic as a kid. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, illusions. And yeah. they have this, this is going to break the illusion for some people. They have like a <laughs> fake thumb that you can put on. And if you're like moving your hands around a bunch, you can't really tell. And so you put stuff in the thumb. So like you could like pour water or salt or a little ribbon in there. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then stick your thumb in there and it like hides it. Yeah. 
that's what I want for these nails. <laughs> it's just you just slip it over your fingers. Yeah. If it falls off, you just pop it back on. Slip it right back on, as opposed to like the glue on situation. Yeah, which I think is what nails are. Yeah. I don't know though. I'm not. I'm not into this world. Yeah, me either. Whole new industry. All that to say, I am. I just thought it was really funny. So I thought the first, I thought the punishment itself last episode was funny. Like, how oh, you have to wear nails, long nails. And then I, so I texted Josiah. I was like, well, because he's the one who checks the results. So I was like, well, what are the results? And he's like, it's a tie. And I was like, I don't even know what's, what's protocol for this. What do we even do? We haven't, we've never. Yeah, we have this. tied before, but a second round of voting has fixed it. Yeah. So, yeah, so he was like, I'll open it up for another day, have people vote, we'll go off that. And he's like, all right, another day, still a tie. And they're like, what are the results? He's like, man, it's still tied. So I was like, what do we do? And he said something like, let's go double or nothing. Twice the nails, twice the time. Yeah, so it was, it was something it was between like that. twice it's, the time or twice the length, or do you just stack nails on top, nails on nails? <laughs> what do you do? Uh, or just on your toenails too. Ooh, that's interesting. Then you can't wear like closed toed shoes. You can, <laughs> you just have to get like a couple sizes too big. Clown shoes. Wear a couple size fifteen shoes. <laughs> a little more pricey, but uh, this is funny. I, I'm excited. This will be interesting. Um before we dive in, let's read a new review, because we haven't done that in a while. So here's one new review. Title is Good Show. And oh, nice. five stars. The British. Love- Love those five-star reviews. Uh, Person says, took me a long time to come up with a good review, and finally I came up with one. So here it goes. Yeah, it's a good show. I like it. That's it. That's from uh, TFK91991, which based off of the name and the uh, way the review is written, I'm 90% sure I know who it is. Oh, yeah? But, yeah. Uh, I think it's Logan Connerly. And if it is... Thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks for the good review. <laughs> Whoever wrote, wrote that. Thank you. Yeah. It's chicken, noop, <laughs> chicken noodle soup for the podcaster's soul. <laughs> that should go on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> With Somehow. that review. Yeah. I like With, that. Good. All right. So here's the question. If yeah. You, if this is your first time listening, uh, the winner of the previous episode gets to decide who goes first, and usually the coveted spot is uh to present first but we didn't have a winner last episode so how do we i got something for you i got a random number generator pull up here good you pick either pick either one or two okay (laughs) i love that you came prepared for this exact issue i choose two okay here we go come on it's one i'm going Ah. first i promise i didn't lie (laughs) Okay. okay i believe you uh Sports theme. Here we go. Do it. Pull Let's my do notes. it. I'm gonna sit back, settle down into my couch, get ready for some some sports talk. Yeah, get I've comfy. I've always been good at sports talk. Get comfy. Do you have like a, a warm beverage or something? Uh, do you need to go to the bathroom? Maybe take a quick nap <laughs> before we get started. Just yeah. a blanket, a sweater. You light keep some the candles. people entertained. I'm gonna go hygge up, and I'll be back in twenty. Okay, and then we'll be ready to go. Okay. <laughs> Uh, here we go. I'm talking today about the Barkley Marathons. Ooh. You ever heard I of this? haven't. I'm very interested. Okay. This, uh, some things that people say about it. 
Uh-huh. It's where dreams go to die. It's the race <laughs> that eats its young. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Quick pause. Yeah. Is this by chance like a desert race? It's not. Okay. Never mind. I thought maybe I knew what it was, but now I'm, there I'm realizing are, I don't. <laughs> there are desert races. Yeah. Uh, apparently some of which people have never finished. Oh. Which wow. doesn't seem like much of a race to me. <laughs> More of a uh, last man standing type situation. I, yeah, a, I don't know. A Brits, Blitz Royale, if you will, of racing. Yeah, it's not a race because it's not who... Maybe it's who gets the farthest. It's just a different type of race, I guess. Yeah. It's not about yeah. who gets there first. Anyway, back to your races. Back to, back to the Barkley Marathon. So this is arguably the most difficult ultra marathon in the entire world. Oh, People have finished it, but I'll, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little quirky, a little fun, um, horrible, very interesting. <laughs> so, so the origins of this race go back to 1968. Uh huh. So, um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Heard of him? Yep, sure have. <laughs> so he was staying at the Lorraine, Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and famously, he was standing on the balcony of room 306 where he was assassinated. Okay. And so you might be thinking, what does this have to do with an ultramarathon? Well, That's exactly what I was thinking. So um, once the shot was heard, obviously people are trying to find out who did this. A manhunt yep. ensued for whoever was the one that pulled the trigger. Eventually, they found this guy named James Earl Ray. Okay. So he was found in London two months later and was transported back to the U.S., eventually confessed and pled guilty, and was sentenced to 99 years in prison. Long time. He was placed in a Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary to live out the rest of his days, unless he lives to be like 130 or whatever. Yeah. Which... Unlikely. By that point, yeah, unlikely. <laughs> Not too much of a danger to society. Maybe... Yeah. You never um, So I bet you're still wondering what in the world does this have to do with I still the marathon? Am. You're right. Okay, let's <laughs> let's let's continue, and uh, maybe I'll tell you by the end of this. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, so he was in the penitentiary for about eight years, okay, in Tennessee, and uh, so about eight years in, him and six other convicts escaped, and there's a manhunt that went on. And it took about two days. They thought it'd go a little quicker, but people kind of went. Uh, it's super thick. There's lots of brush and brambles, and um, so they eventually found him just covered in leaves. And the dog <laughs> just walked up and was like, "Yeah, he's right here." Oh, oh, and okay, and so they they took him back. <laughs> and yep. so it was it was uh, publicized. It was on the news, and and people around the area were kind of following it. And one of these people was a guy named Gary Cantrell. Goes by the nickname Lazarus Lake. Lazarus or Laz, Lake. Or Laz. Oh, Laz. Sure. That's a good nickname. Not going to lie right? to you. Yeah. And so he had been following the news coverage, kind of lived in the area. Um, and <laughs> he once he had heard James Earl Ray only made it, it was like eight, point, eight and a half miles, I think, yeah. in the span of 54 hours. He's like, that's pathetic. I could have done way better than that. <laughs> He's like, I could probably do that, do a hundred miles in that same time. Oh, oh boy. And so he's an ultra runner himself. Yeah. Um, 
Knows started cross country in high school, wanted to play football, but was too small. And so got into running. And so him and a buddy kind of <laughs> did this first race on their own, started it, and eventually made it like an official race and started inviting people. Cool. And uh, at them. the beginning, the, f- the first race took place in 1986, kind of the same same area. So it goes around to this day. It's by that penitentiary. Oh, huh. Um, so sa- same area that that uh, James Earl Ray fled or fled. was trying to flee in. And since then, it's gained a ton of popularity for how challenging, exclusive, mysterious, and quirky it is. Oh, I can't wait for all of those adjectives so, <laughs> to be explained further. <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know, he kind of reminds me, you can look up a picture of him. Uh, his name is Gary Cantrell or Lazarus Lake again. Uh-huh. He kind of reminds me of like an old-timey prospector. Some of the pictures <laughs> you see, he's like he's like an older guy, probably late 60s, early 70s maybe. Okay. Just a little scruffy, scraggly, like big little- old aviator glasses <laughs> a little rough around the edges yeah yeah but he's he's a fun fun guy uh so and you'll you'll kind of understand who he is based on these rules that he has set up for <laughs> how to complete this race <laughs> okay so similar to his original plan of like I, I bet i could do this 100 miles in 54 hours it's it's not a super set um, goal, you have to do five loops of anywhere between 20 and 30 miles. Oh. And the first three laps are known as the fun run. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but Wholeheartedly. The, yeah, so that's upwards of 60 miles. That's a fun run. And for a lot of people, that's kind of, they're not even trying to finish the whole race. That's just what they're trying to accomplish. They're just, I want to do the fun run. That's the goal. Yeah, I, it sounds fun. You know, I'll first stroll. People come from all over the world to to do this, and yeah. you know it sounds fun. Just <laughs> clomping around the forest in Tennessee, fun run. Yeah, nothing not? screams fun like running sixty miles. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, so every year the course is different, and you don't know what the route is or what what the route of the loop is until you arrive. So he changes it every year, so you can't practice or go there ahead of time and wow and run it. Good for um, him to keep it like legit and yet, you know, keeping it mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. And their efforts. <laughs> this is kind of the part that gets me is there's 60,000 feet of elevation change, Holy which is like cow. Uh, Everest, just to give you a scale, is 29,000 feet. That is so crazy. So I, I, I read one, one place <laughs> that that's like going f- from sea level up to Everest. And back to sea level twice. So wow. I don't know how that's measured, but absolutely I'm not a fan. insane. Yeah, that's and you get horrible. And it, you can't take as long as you want either. You have sixty hours <laughs> to complete this. Oh, so you also have a time limit. It's not you just have a time like limit. A, if you accomplish this, that's a great feat and good for you. It's like nope, have to do it in a certain amount of time or you're a loser. You get sixty hours. Of 60,000 feet of elevation change and upwards of like somewhere around 120 some miles. That's unfathomable. And you get 12 hours to complete each loop, which breaks the 60 hour 
limit into five chunks for yep. for each of the five loops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, first two loops are in one direction, and then the third and fourth loops you you go the other direction. So you go like clockwise, clockwise, counterclockwise, counterclockwise. Okay, nice. And the final lap, whoever gets there first can go in either direction. Oh. But there are so few people that in the event that there's two people who are who make it to lap five, yeah, then they have to go in opposite directions. So what? I don't think there's <laughs> ever been more than two people that have made it to lap five in one year. This is crazy. So just think about the no matter what the weather's like, it's in <laughs> late spring. So no matter what the weather is like either, they'll they'll have it. Yeah. If it's raining, foggy, cold, hot, they'll have it no matter what. Because it's already so brutal that it's like the weather doesn't even matter exactly. at this point. Yeah. If you're here, you're just a little bit crazy anyway. <laughs> so we're going to go through it. Go What's through one, with more, it. one more obstacle. Yeah. just ab- These people are absolutely insane. Um, and so <laughs> they, <laughs> this, this will kind of help you understand who Laz is a little bit more. But um so there's an unspecified start time. So it's uh-huh. anywhere between twelve AM and twelve PM on race day. So you get you're kind of just hanging out. You just have and to then, be ready to run at any time? Basically. Um <laughs> kind of. Horrible. But you'll you'll hear you'll hear a conk a conch shell. Uh-huh. And then once <laughs> that's blown, that means the race starts in exactly one hour. So you get a little bit of time to to prepare. To so up. sometimes he'll start like 10 a.m. Sometimes he'll start at 1 in the morning. That's insane. So you just have to... Essentially, he's adding a layover to race day. Yeah. And you, you don't know exactly... Like, the plane might be delayed. You don't know exactly what you the situation is. You just have to listen. Is. Yep. And, That's very uh, interesting. <laughs> the The <laughs> race officially starts... With the ceremonial lighting of the cigarette. Uh, love that. So which so Laz just stands there and he's got a cigarette and he lights it and that's how you go. Which <laughs> I thought was weird because that's not it's not like a gunshot where it's immediate and once it happens everybody knows. Yeah. Like how do you know I feel like there's just a couple seconds of lag time. Like, is it lit or Yeah, kinda hard to tell. I think I see the smoke, but <laughs> maybe I mean it's not like a mile race where seconds are important yeah totally it's it's big enough that just finishing is is big (laughs) so so you're not really going to be racing against anybody (laughs) this is so crazy you just have to stay in it um that's very 1980s of him (laughs) yeah i'll just whenever i light my cigarette you guys can start you guys can go (laughs) apparently it's a thing like it's a a tradition i've never heard of it but oh that's what he said um so how do you sign up takes place in frozen head state park in eastern tennessee okay and to sign up you kind of have to know somebody he didn't want it to get as big as it is yeah um there's no website or anything (laughs) it's a little bit exclusive and and that he kind of wanted to keep it that way yeah totally Um, i get that so to sign up you have to mail in the certain list of items to him you have to mail a dollar 60 registration fee (laughs) And you don't get that back if, you, if you're not accepted. <laughs> um, you have to get a letter describing what you'd get out of the race and like kind of pitch yourself, like, this is why I should do it. This is very weird. You also have to bring a license plate from your home state or country <laughs> or province. 
And you also, I thought this was brilliant, you have to bring an item that Laz is low on. So if he needs socks, <laughs> he'll say you have to bring some socks. Uh, he's done a white button-up shirt, and he's like, now I have a bunch of white button-up shirts. <laughs> and then so one, one year he had people bring flannel shirts in his size. That's so funny. So brilliant. And he gets, he gets some money for the registration fee every year. Yeah. This guy gets it's it. A nice he's little, got it figured yeah, out. He called it his retirement plan, that registration fee. <laughs> um, so, and you also, if you get accepted, if you're one of the 40 of 1,000 plus people that get accepted, yeah, then you get a letter in the mail saying, I regret to inform you that you've been accepted into the Barclay. <laughs> I love this guy. So he's, yeah, he look quirky, a little fun. Yeah. Fun prospector guy. Does not look like a runner, but he is. He actually himself in 2018 he ran or he walked across the country from coast to coast. Oh, okay. Uh, west to east. And he's yeah, like I said, he's he's up there, upper 60s. A super fit guy though. I mean, he could go super forever. fit guy who uh smokes quite a bit. <laughs> and uh yeah, so once you're in, you get there. There's only about 40 people. The race <laughs> starts. Like I said, it's, uh, yeah, five loops, the ceremony lighting a cigarette, and then you're off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's this, this old yellow gate. You have to touch it to begin. In between laps, touch it. That means the first loop is done. Touch it again. That means the second loop begins. Yeah. And so it's just all these super weird little traditions that have developed over time. He's that, just like built this whole little micro culture yeah, yeah, yeah. around it. That's so fun. Exactly. So you something else that is a micro culture, you get a bib number. Mm-hmm. Um, for each racer gets a bib number. The, the person that he gives the number one bib to, he calls them the human sacrifice, and that's the person he thinks is least likely to complete the race. Like the person that he just sees is like, kind of, they haven't prepared. They're they're just in it for the experience, the human and so sacrifice. that's well known. So if you get the number one, you're like, okay, that's that's a, a spirit crusher right there. An insult from the man himself. I know. <laughs> that's so funny. And what a cool uh, dude. Yeah. He, so I, I, you can. There's a couple documentaries out there you can watch about. It. One's one's called "Where Dreams Go to Die" and one's called "The Race That Eats Its Young." And he's, uh, I like this guy. That's so um, good. And he's there at the yellow gate every time. He he makes sure people went to the right place and to to make sure that people go to the actual route. He's yeah. taped. He gets like anywhere from nine to eleven books. And he tapes them throughout the course so that you have to rip out a page of the book corresponding to your bib number. Oh, and so you have, to, you have to bring all those pages back, and he counts them. Okay, there's proof that you've done the entire route. Yeah, that's because there's no trails or signs or anything. You just get like a map and a compass, and <laughs> you have like to find it out. So it's a little bit of a treasure hunt too. That's so crazy. And uh, so if you, if you don't collect all the pages. Lap's not complete. You have to go back and do it again or just quit. Or just give up. Yeah. That's crazy. What Could you imagine if someone, like, dropped a page or, like, it fell out of their pocket yeah. and they didn't realize it? Yeah, you got to be it? careful. Yep, it's sorry. over. You're done. Try next year. 
<laughs> Maybe. And uh, you can apply. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you do tap out, um, <laughs> then you have to go to go to the the starting gate, and somebody will play taps on the bugle, and you just got to <laughs> stand there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then once that's over, it's just like okay, uh, I'm done. I can go home now. Yeah, that's so funny. And the same guy's been bugling for about 15 years, <laughs> and that's his. That's can his job. Telling someone that, like, I'm the Berkeley Marathon bugler. That's just my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it starts with the conk and ends with the bugle, <laughs> which you- I just love. Unless you complete it. Yeah. And uh, so speaking of completing it. Yep. I was going to say there's got to be some sort of winner's ritual. Uh, you know what? I don't know if there is, but it only has a 99 or it has a 99% failure rate. <laughs> <laughs> and so the first race was in 86 and they just had one this year. Yeah. 22, so was that 14 plus 22? So 30 plus years of doing this, only 15 people have completed Holy it. Holy cow. That's so crazy. Could you, just the pure accomplishment and like bragging rights you get yeah. from having yeah. done that. And people people come, try and run it, get close, come back the next year and yeah. keep trying and trying. Um, there's one guy, the, the current record is 55 hours and 42 minutes. Oh wow! So the the fastest time is only only had eighteen minutes to spare. Whew. No, yeah. I guess four, four hours, hours and eight, four, four hours, hours and eighteen minutes. Still, which is that's not a lot. Close on a sixty hour race. Not a lot. Yeah. Um, one guy took a, a wrong turn on his last lap. Oh, was no. two miles out. Took a little bit of a wrong turn, and he had all the pages, but he he knew he was taking the wrong turn, so he told people. And he was six seconds too late. It was 60 <gasps> no. hours and six seconds. And so if... <laughs> Could you imagine? Did not complete it. That's heartbreaking. Heart I would wrenching. never run again. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no, This guy's like a... I, I looked into him. He has almost 100,000 followers on Instagram. Oh. Big professional runner. Huh. Um, also named Gary. Gary something. Gary. Um these yeah these people are absolutely insane. One guy has finished it 3 times. What? Um why would you ever do it more than once? I don't know. I don't know. But these people are absolutely insane. Like you you watch the the documentaries on these guys. Yeah. They finish a lap which is about a marathon. Yep. And they they look like they've been, just been jogging, just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you picture them like get there and just pass out, or at least rest your hands on your knees. Yeah, they're like, okay, I'm going out. Feed me some food. <laughs> I'm going back out, and they don't really sleep because you only have a certain amount of time to complete it. So sleeping is a little bit of a a waste, you know. Yeah, and so some of them sleep for an hour or two between laps. <laughs> you can, but That's so crazy. <laughs> But this this one guy, oh Gary Robbins is his name, the the guy who barely did not complete it. He, he's like at one point he's like, I've been hallucinating for hours just from what? lack of sleep. And uh he's like, I've actually been up for ninety six hours now. No way. So these people are just inhuman. <laughs> Alien. 
Just yeah. the, I don't, I can't, I cannot fathom doing something like this. That, and it's not like, it's not really televised or anything. It's just out in the middle of the woods. There's probably a hundred some people there. Yeah. It, like you're not, you don't get this big medal or anything. It's just this backcountry race that people like almost kill themselves for. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. To, there's, there's no reason. <laughs> like, Except, like, yeah, I think maybe within the running community, it must be like a huge feat. But just wild to me. Um, so, so this year's 2022 run. Yeah. Um, five people completed the fun run. So the first three laps, which is 75-ish miles. Yeah. But it's the fourth, fourth race in a row with nobody to finish. So oh, nobody's, so nobody's finished out. since 2017 because okay. they didn't have it 2020. That should be the punishment of next episode. Run the Barkley Marathon? You have to run it. <laughs> if, yeah, if you can get in, you better send a good letter. <laughs> well, I feel like... Some socks and $1.60. I feel like if you said, hey, I do this podcast and I lost the episode and so this is the punishment i feel like he is just feeling how quirky he is i feel like he'd be like you're in number one oh. bib i know you're out but <laughs> yeah. you, you gotta do it <laughs> either number one bib or you're not in that's very possible that'd be kind of fun actually just see how far you can go yeah i made it yeah it would be like i did a 5k and now i'm lost in the woods yeah and yeah don't know what's happening <laughs> like i'm just gonna find somebody and Maybe just sit here, hold onto a tree, and just yell for a while. See if somebody finds me. You'd, you'd have to wait. You'd have to wait for someone to finish their second lap, so that their third lap they do oh, it backwards, and then you could follow them the five k yeah, yeah. back to the start. That's true. So that would be basically close to a full day by that yeah. point. That you're yeah. just out in the woods, just sitting there but waiting for someone to help. <laughs> it's better than tromping around the woods. Yeah, agree. Just sit, make a little fort. Yeah, bring start some a fire. Schmo supplies. <laughs> Just cheer people on. Honestly, I would do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll put it in the books, the Learn Me Something books for someday. Okay, okay. Yeah, we better do it soon though, because I read that every time somebody finishes the race, he makes it a little bit harder. Oh, really? And so he said he's trying to just straddle the line between possible and impossible. Yeah. So he wants it to just always be just out of reach. And then when somebody finish, <laughs> finishes it, makes it more challenging. Oh, man. Okay. I, it would be a funny punishment to at least have to, like, apply. apply. Send the letter in and just see what happens. <laughs> send in a, whatever article of clothing he's low on. Yeah. Like, send yeah. in some underwear and... Uh, whatever he needs, Yeah. Some pants, some jeans, and a a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's the Barkley Marathon, one of the most difficult races in the entire world. 15 finishers. It's been going on 36-ish years. Yeah. And uh, 15 finishers. That's just so crazy. And it kind of got me... Very cool. It got me thinking... Like, I, that'd be fun to make a race of my own. Like, if I, if somebody came up to me and said, Josiah, make a race. There's not <laughs> enough races out there in the world. 
<laughs> go make one. You, you need, need to something. Do this. Yeah. Maybe if it was like a, a learn me something fun run. Ooh. Well, actually, actually, if it's an ultra marathon, because that seems more fun because you can do a lot more with it. Yeah, a lot more. A lot more things to do. So That'd be I, fun I always to do a learn me something yeah. race, though. <laughs> a learn me something fun run? That'd be awesome. I like that. Right. We need to think of some, uh, start some traditions on the first one. Like All right, we'll, to, we'll, we, we'll get we that can on wave the, the, the learn me something flag. Yeah. We can. Oh, how about us two? We're just talking the entire time, just telling. We just have telling speakers people things. lined up yeah. over the whole thing, and you so can the just entire time to an episode. We record a live episode <laughs> while people are running, running themed, or walking running? themed. Okay, this is a good idea. When the weather gets warmer, let's do it. A walking themed episode. Anyway, so I I had a couple ideas for an ultra marathon that I thought were fun. Okay, hit me. I've Ready? always wanted to go across either bike or run across from Montana to Washington across the Idaho panhandle. Ooh. Which I looked straight across as the crow flies is about 50 miles. Oh, that's nothing. So you could totally make a race out of that. Uh, yeah. They might they might already, might already have it cuz you could run across straight across three states. What if you that's raced a fun to concept? Uh What if you raced to Idaho Falls from Kalispell? And you call it the a ra- the race to Sonic, because there's a Sonic there. That's why and people that, go there, and that's why Kalispell yeah. <laughs> Sonic. So it'd be like you finish the race, your prize is mozzarella sticks and a oh. uh, strawberry slush. I like that. You run to a fast food restaurant as the finish line. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty fun, actually. Or once you get the food, then you're done. Yeah, that's the. I like yeah. that. That's part of the time is how long does it take you to order and get your food? <laughs> Have you ever heard of a a milk run? No. Are you just it's holding where, gallons of milk? No, no, no. I mean, kind of, in your belly. Oh. You take, oh. it's a, a 5K or a mile. I'm, I'm sure they do different ones. Yeah. There's also a donut run. But each lap on a track, which is a quarter mile, uh-huh. you have to like drink a a quarter gallon of milk or something, and by oh, the end you'll have drank a gallon. Or the donut one actually horrible. seems fun. I think the donut ones that I've seen, it's like a 5K. You have to run <laughs> halfway, eat a dozen donuts, and then run back. That's so horrible. I would do something like that. That sounds so interesting to me. Um, that is where we differ a little bit. <laughs> I don't have much interest in that. Okay. At all. <laughs> okay, how about how about this one? I an, another idea I had is called a half marathon pancake. Love it. That's what I'm Whatever it, it is, love it. Okay, so basically it's a stack of half marathons on top of each other <laughs> with with a break between. So you you find an airport. You oh. you start from an airport, you uh-huh. run to another airport about 13 miles. Uh-huh. You fly to another airport. Maybe in another state. Then you yep. find another airport that's about a half marathon from that. <laughs> so you're basically, it's just a long, long race. You can sleep on the plane, recover just on the plane. Plane is recovery time. Eat and stuff. And then once you get to the airport, <laughs> you start running to the next place. So it's pretty expensive <laughs> to do because you get your own private plane, basically. Yeah. And you the shirts there. would be really nice. Oh, they would be so nice. Comfort shirt you colors. get at the end. High oh. quality. <laughs> that, that's the epitome of nice. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no dollar will be spared on these shirts. It seems like, uh, it seems like maybe there's some issues with that idea. First okay. off, every racer would have to have a private plane. Not no, impossible. No, that's what, it's expensive. Yeah, not impossible, but tricky. Second off, sure, the logistics uh, are a little tricky. Yeah, a bunch logis- of pilots too, really. The logistics of getting, <laughs> you'd have to find enough airports that have another airport that's exactly oh, 13 miles away. Sure, which would be, the, you'd have to get small ones. Small, like local airports? Yeah. So Little grass runways? Yeah. Which you could do. I think you could do it. So you wouldn't be like running through the Denver airport trying to like... <laughs> Get out, get squeezed through the people Maybe. baggage oh, yeah. claim. Yeah, trying yeah to... you do. You do. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Yeah, it's only commercial flights. So it's, I guess it's a little like amazing race. So part of the part of the race time then, part of the skill of it is being able to find flights at appropriate times, essentially. Uh, I think like... maybe, maybe they get, um, you buy them ahead of time. Right, but like if you if you miss oh, your if you flight or if true, you get there true. too early and you've got a four hour wait, okay, the, it has so to be a private be plane. To, it's got to be a private plane. Have to be able to pace it, yeah. Because otherwise, just right. you just you just sit in the plane and you just be waiting to take off. And you're like, come yep. on, checking your watch. Can we go? Yep. Totally. And then everybody stands up once the the plane lands. Oh, you'd have to be jogging, and you're just like, oh, sco- excuse me, sco- scooch. You'd by. have to be in your running shorts. Uh, and you've got like your hydration vest. You've got to be jogging to the front of the plane before the seatbelt sign is turned off, so that you're first off. That's true. Oh yeah, you have to get up early. Yep. Like before the plane lands, while mm-hmm. the flight attendants are still buckled, so they because they're not supposed to get up. Nothing they can do to so stop like, you. Yeah, you're just there. <laughs> you're just standing there between the two very front first class seats, just holding onto the headrest next to you. Yep. You're ready. Either either that. Or you cleverly book flights that's only seat number one in the plane. One C. True, true. Is another option. No, I, I, you, it's got to be private, I think. <laughs> it's not private? Yeah. It's not as much of a race. Yeah, that'd be tricky. That's my idea, the half marathon pancake. Okay, that's good. Uh, logistically, I don't know if we can make that one happen, but I think oh, we no, can no, do no, the no. Learn Me Something Fun Run. Learn Me Something Fun Run, first annual live episode extravaganza event party i feel like okay in my (laughs) i think it would be fun as the learn me something owners to just start doing really random things like that that are just loosely it's almost like learn me something is sponsoring events but they don't really have much to do with learn me something so like we could do a fun run we could do a hot dog eating competition. Oh. We could do like a poker night and it's just like all these learn me something things that just don't really have anything to do with the podcast, but they're learn me something branded. I think is that it would for, be very fun. Is it for listeners only or anybody? Is it like a marketing campaign? Like we're anybody trying to get can people. Come. Okay. Any all are welcome. Um, but listeners will be celebrated somehow. We've talked about this before. Speaking of marketing the podcast, we've talked about this before, but <laughs> getting a billboard. 
I was oh, driving. Yes. I had to drive across Kansas last week. We were visiting <laughs> Abby's family. That is not a fun drive, I have to say. <laughs> but there's there's billboards on just stretches of nothing. Yeah. Just land and land and land. But you get like a decent amount of billboards. I was like, I bet that's decently cheap. Yep. Totally. I want a billboard. <laughs> It's that's on our learn me something bucket list, which is something we probably should write down the learn me something bucket list. But getting the billboard definitely on it. I just think that'd be hilarious. Billboard. What would we put on it? I don't know. Is it just our face and then the the name, or do we have like a big QR code? Just nothing except a QR code. Something. And hope, hope, something hope we don't mis- cause any wrecks. <laughs> Everyone, take your phones out. <laughs> Scan take your phone out. Scan this. Scan this billboard. <laughs> it definitely has to be something mysterious. Okay. What if we get a series of billboards along the stretch of? Ooh. Okay. I've got an idea. Turning. Okay. It's cooking. It's baking in the oven. Uh, a series of billboards in a city, and it's a treasure hunt. So oh. you come across billboard number one, and it was like, you've just began the treasure hunt. And then it gives you a clue to get to the next billboard. Boom. Get to that billboard. That gives you a clue. You're going all across the city. Billboard you enter after billboard. all five codes or scan all five QR codes. Yep. And it just takes you to And then you can the finally listen to it. <laughs> like, oh, so there's a podcast, a free <laughs> podcast. Someone puts like three hours of work into that. And it's just like, oh, these random dudes. That's how you build loyalty. Yeah. Because then they're like, have to try it out. I spent so much time. I got to check them out. I hate them, (laughs) but I got to check it out. (laughs) We get so many one star reviews in the course (laughs) of a day. People trying to do it and then realizing it's just us. All publicity is good publicity. That's what I say. I don't think that's the saying, but that's what I believe. (laughs) Okay, that's what I got. Bar- okay. Barkley marathons, that was good. Um, big fan. Where where did you find this topic? Is this a secret source topic? I'm mm, always curious. I think I was listening to. Have you ever heard of David Goggins? No. He's a I'm he's sorry. a former Navy SEAL and ultra marathoner. Super super intense, like a little bit too intense. Yeah, because and, he's uh, an ultra marathoner and a Navy SEAL. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it's a it's a combo that. Only the most intense people will achieve. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I think he talked about it in an audiobook I was listening to. Cool. If you ever nice. want to feel like somebody is just mad at you for no reason, just watch a video of his. Like, he just posts these little videos. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's motivating or not, but or you'll like definitely feel worse about yourself. <laughs> but you also might feel inspired, so. Okay. So it's a kind of a motivate at your own risk. Sure, might, sure. It might destroy your self confidence, but you might. But do maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, uh, my topic. Uh, I think it'll be decently short. It's okay. interesting. It's interesting to me. It's uh, pretty fascinating. There's some f- decently fun history behind it. Um, there's some science involved. There's some physics involved. All around, it's a pretty great learn me something topic. None of that matters. Well, the, reason, oh. the reason I'm doing this topic is because 
it's uh, pretty fun to say. So today I'm going to be talking, you might have heard of this. I'd be very impressed if you heard of it based off the name. Today I'm going to be talking about Fieljepin. Fieljepin. Have you heard about Fieljepin? Mm, what language is it? It's Dutch. Uh, Netherlands is the region. Uh, what's the what's the continent? Uh, <laughs> the continent. I just told you it was the Netherlands. I don't. I don't know anything else other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe okay, this yeah, will go help. For it. It's also known as Polstock der Springen. Oh, the Polstock der Springen. It, yeah, it's like a pole vault, except the pole is. Uh, you got you got there from. Uh, from Postockverspringen? Is that really what it is? Uh, kinda. It's a pole vault with a spring-loaded pole? Nope, it's not spring-loaded, but you got oh. the pole vault, part, pole vault part right. Okay. So, Fjelljepen, also it's hard to say because when you read it, it's spelled F-I-E-R-L-J-E-P-P-E-N. Fjelljepen. There's like I watched, a little silent, a couple silent letters in there. Uh, silent J. Actually, I think the J in this case makes a yeah sound. Uh, silent R. Fiel, okay. Fiel yepen. Okay. Um, I, I think I got it right. If someone, ha- if someone knows of this sport, it's a sport. I should, <laughs> should clarify. It's a sport. Um, Someone, if someone knows this better than I, I watched a couple pronunciation videos, and this is the closest I got. So if I'm still way okay. off base, I'm sorry. I'm not great at pronouncing things in general. Uh, so Fjelljepen is a Dutch sport, northern Netherlands, uh, Friesland, Friesland to be precise. Okay. Uh, Fjell or Fjell equals far. Jepen. Or leapen, leapen uh, equals leaping. So you're doing so great. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm trying my best. The exact, uh, the exact translation is far leaping. Um, oh, and this, I, the reason I'm doing this is not only be, it is a fun name, but also the sport itself is very fascinating, and I wish that it was bigger. Like I wish we had it in the U.S. because it actually seems pretty interesting. Um, so here's here's the gist. So, how do you feel? Yep. Step one. I feel... Oh, you weren't asking me. Oh, actually, no, why don't you tell me first? That's I feel... You sound like you called me Yepin. How do you feel, (laughs) Yepin? Hey, Yepin, how do you feel? (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, okay. Here, let me just explain it. This is how you feel, Yep. So, you're on a platform. Well, you can't just tell me how I feel. (laughs) If it's an official competition... You're standing on a platform that's long. Uh, it's like, uh, I think it was like 10 to 15 meters, uh, which is roughly like 30 to 50 feet-ish, I think. Okay. Um, long. That's how long the platform is. So you sprint down platform fast as you can. You leap off the platform over a water, um, a body <laughs> of water. There's one water. In the water is the pole stock, which is a pole. Uh, your goal is to leap off the platform, grab the pole. Your momentum 
from leaping. Uh, you're sprinting down the platform. You jump off. Your momentum from yes, the sprint yes, and yes. the jump pushes the pole stock upwards. As the pole stock slows, as it gets closer to its center of gravity pointing straight up because of science, um, as it's slowing, your goal is to climb as far up the pole stock as you possibly can. Then as it reaches its center of gravity and tips over the opposite direction, you're climbing, you're climbing as hard. You want to get to the very, very top of the pole stock, yeah. and then you leap. As the pole stock falls the opposite direction, you leap from the pole stock land very hard and aggressively if you watch some of the videos into a pit of sand and the goal is or to win uh the goal is to get the furthest in the pit of sand so the only way you can qualify is if you reach the sand pit and the way to win okay. is to land the furthest over in the sand pit i've seen this before yeah i was gonna say i even have in my notes i'm sure that you've it like seeing this somewhere yeah because there's been a couple videos that you know the random facebook videos that you're like why am i watching this and yeah it has yeah. horrible music behind it yeah i think that's where i discovered this actually there's always one song with those old facebook videos it has like it's, a it's a ukulele and whist, whistling goes yeah and it's so annoying and it just keeps going i guarantee people recognize that whistle from yeah. YouTube video or uh, Facebook videos. hundred percent. And the videos can be like 12 minutes long and it just like repeats. It's so annoying. I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but don't <laughs> even get me started. <laughs> um, so the history of it, and then we'll talk about some tricks for success and then we'll talk about the field up in record. Uh, again, I've just got a, a shorter topic. I just think it's fun. Okay. But the okay. history is uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. history yeah, is okay. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't actually start as a sport. It started as a necessity, uh, which I find very interesting. So this area of the Netherlands, a lot of it is at, or most of it is at or below sea level, which means there's a ton of canals and water passages all throughout that area. Um, but it's a big farming area. So originally this started because farmers needed a way to get from one part of the land to other parts and to get past all of these big bodies of water. So they would uh, carry around these wood poles and they would use those to fuel yep, fuel yep across these canals and get to like other portions of their, of their land. So, okay. I, I mean, I can think of other ways to do that. Like bridges, a bridge, maybe yeah. you just walk across, maybe you just calm down a little bit and walk across, but <laughs> well, it's I quicker. Think it, I think some of them are pretty deep. Like, you'd have to swim sometimes. No, no, no. I mean, you lay the pole down and oh, then walk and across walk the pole. Across. Well, so the thing is, I think that they're pretty... Uh, it's kind of like a swampy area. So you're sometimes, like, it's not just, here's a river and then two solid chunks of land. Sometimes it's, like, kind of mucky and gross. Ah. Does that make sense? Kind of. At least in my head. But farmers would I do this to, be there. to jump from over canals and water passages okay. and stuff, which I think is very interesting. It's um, very fun. Yeah, it's a super a, a super unique way to go about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's dated back to... I, I read a couple different sources that said it dated back to the 1200s is when there's like written... 
uh, explanations of farmers doing this. So long okay. time ago, wow. people were doing this. Uh, fast forward. So that's kind of, uh, we don't know how long it's been happening, but that's kind of the first area that we have some stuff documented. And then there's like, I think some paintings and stuff that kind of depict, um, depict farmers doing this way back when. Really? Um, but fast forward to 1573, uh, it's the 80, 80 years war, which is a war that I know remarkably little about. <laughs> um, but Some would be surprised how little you know about it. Yeah, so essentially it's the nether... From what I understand, it's uh, the people of the Netherlands and uh, the Spanish army, and they're, they're duking it out. Spanish army is attacking. Spanish army is very, very strong, right? Um, and so then there's this one fight. It, so it goes on for a while due to its title of 80 years. Um, there's this one battle or event called the Siege of Alkmaar, I think is how you pronounce it, or Alkmaar, okay. uh, which is a Dutch city. And uh, so the Spanish army is attacking. They're just super strong. They've been, like, just destroying, 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 siege after siege, winning everything um, until they attack Alkmaar. Uh, and a man, so they're... They're trading military strategies, trying to figure out how to stop the Spanish army. And um, it results in a series of military notes that need to get from one area to another. That's crucial to setting up the strategy to kicking the Spanish army out and kind of stopping the siege winning. I thought you were going to say it's it's crucial to kick in their butts. Yeah. So these notes are very important, have to get from one area of the battle to another area. Um, so they relied on this guy named Willem, William Van Der Mage. Not a chance on earth I pronounced his name right. But he was, I believe I, I believe it said he was like a carpenter or something. So like nothing special, not like a high up military commander or anything, but he knew how to uh, feel yep. And so what they did oh. was... They took these notes and they hid they hid them in his vaulting pole, um, and the actual term is oh here we go, postoc briefies, postoc briefies, which literally translates to vaulting pole notes. So they hid all these military notes in the vaulting poles, and then it said that the Spanish army was amazed because they couldn't get him. Because they weren't used to this terrain, and he was fuel yepping. Uh, so the reason he was able to move so quickly was because he was fuel yepping all over these canals that they had to stop and find a way to get through. They had to get their boring old bridge out. Yeah, so they weren't able to... I mean, even if you laid down a pole and tried to walk over it, that's going to take a lot longer than if you're yeah. just running with a pole, Definitely. throw it in the water, leap over, grab the pole, keep running. Um so I read, a, I read a couple different things just talking about how the Spanish army was just amazed that they were trying to, like, get this guy, but he was able to break the enemy lines and get to where he needed to go because he was feel yepping like a madman. And uh, so he got these secret notes in the hands of the right people, and they were able to enact the strategy, and the Spanish army had to retreat. And it's actually 
this uh, battle is actually known as the turning point in the 80 years war um, because the Spanish had been winning for so long, but this was the first city to overcome a siege by their army. And a good chunk of it was due to this guy and wow. his deal yipping. So there's, there's some fascinating backstory to this. That's very uh, interesting. To this thing. So that um, started, that was just because he had history doing that and then yeah. it became a sport or was yeah. he involved in the sport? No, at the time, it was just a thing farmers knew to do. And so just he, practical. having grown up in the area, just like knew the terrain and knew how to do it. Um, so at that time, it was not a sport at all. It was just strictly like a tool, essentially, that farmers had. And uh, that's how they got around, which I think is so much more fun than like a more conventional method of building bridges and stuff. Yeah. Why walk when you can rollerblade? Right. Type of thing. Yeah. So fast forward, um, it starts to turn into more of an entertainment thing. People are like, wow, this is actually pretty fun. So they start making these pole stocks longer and longer. And they're like, oh, this is really cool. Look, you can do this. And so it's a hundreds of years of kind of just growth. And it started as a fun local thing and then turned into, I bet I can go further than you. And then that turned into, well, I'm going to build a longer pole stock and then... I can do it longer. And then someone figured out, wait, you can do the leaping and then climb it a little bit. And that would get you even further. And so this whole sport is just a very slow progression of what used to be a farming tool till we get to the 700s, which is when the first official like competition began. Um, and it was not the way it is now. It's now like an official sport and pretty stinking cool. But back then, it was much less official, less rules, less structure. Mm -hmm. um, but we get to the actual sport in the 1960s, which is when the official sport as it is today is founded. And uh, um, yeah, they've been, they've been feel the yipping ever since. And I just think it's so fun. I love sports that are just so different from what we're used to, like in our culture. Yeah. Do they have little rungs on the side of the pole or something that you can climb or is it just a straight pole that you have to scooch out? They're totally smooth. So the poles, um, the modern day fuel the pole is carbon fiber. So it's very light, but very strong. Um, and then the only other thing that it has that makes it different than other just poles is it has a large round flat base at the very bottom so that it doesn't sink oh, okay. into the mud. Um, and that's, other than that, it's just like uh, your average pole. <laughs> okay. um, so there's nothing Your everyday run of the mill pole. Yeah. Other than it being decently light and, um, Yeah. Cause you got to push the thing up too. Yeah. And having that base, just a normal pole. So your goal is to sprint down as fast as you can. Um, it, the official sport, um, is that you sp they build the platform, and you've got all these competitors. There's uh, roughly five to 600 registered field yeppers. Um, and so they do these big competition, and like thousands of people come out to watch and stuff. So essentially, one end of like a small river or canal, you have this big wooden platform that they build. Mm -hmm. Then in the middle of the canal, you've got the pull stock uh, that's angled towards 
the platform that you jump off of. Um, and then on the other side, you've got a giant sand pit. And then beyond the sand pit, you've got a massive crowd of people watching the sport. Okay, so the pole isn't laying on the ground when you get to it. Like, it's angled up so you can run up to it. And, like, you don't have to completely pick it up. That's no. what I'm trying to have a hard... That's why I'm having a hard time picturing. It's like how you run with it and push it up. You, Yeah, so you don't run with it. So oh, it's sticking. It's sticking in the water, and well, they I mean, use as you like, run. You yeah, so up. for the competitions, they use like a little crane actually to set it up. So it's just sticking in the water, and uh, oh, for to give you some perspective, these pole stocks, these modern day pole stocks, are around thirteen meters tall, which is about forty three feet. Okay, what so, angle is it sitting at when you first get to it? I would say that's a that's a good question. Um, if you watch a video, it's like pretty angled towards towards the person. Um, you should just pull up a video. It's actually pretty interesting, just to help give you some some perspective. Um, but they're super they're super long. I would say maybe like 45 degree angle if i were to okay. make like a guess 45 okay. degree angle towards the platform so essentially you run you sprint down this platform as fast as you can um you leap you grab the you grab the pull stock your momentum yep. carries it up and hopefully over and then as it's going up you're climbing up as fast as you can Gotcha. Get as high as you can. Then, when it falls the other direction towards the sand, you leap off of it, and uh, then see how far you can get. And that's when you pretty land, fascinating, actually. Yeah, watch it. It's fun. It's fun because like there's a lot of science behind it. It's actually a lot from what I've read. I've never tried it because I live in Montana, but it's a lot harder than it seems. And there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of things you have to get just right to make it yeah. work. Um, so, uh, so here's some, okay. like, here's okay. some so they, you have to leap off the dock and then oh, grab yeah. onto it. Yeah. You have to leap It's also thinner than I thought. Catch it's, it. Yeah. It's only like two in inches diameter. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty interesting. So when you run, uh, when you run, you've got a spotter behind you that runs after you, um, and they help you in case the pole falls the wrong direction. That's one of the trickiest things is as you run and leap, oh, sure, you have sure, to sure. run. The hardest part is you have to run with just enough momentum to provide just enough momentum that it carries the pole just past its center of gravity. But the trick is you want it to be at or near its center of gravity for as long as possible because that's yeah, when the give pole's you time moving to climb its up. slowest. Yeah, so... A lot of if you watch a video, a lot of times you'll see it go straight up and then kind of hold there, and then the um, the people will just be climbing, and it is like just straight up, and then it'll slowly tilt the other direction. Right. So you um, need it to just go past the center of gravity, so you don't fall back under the dock. Does that happen? Uh, people get smacked. Yeah. The dock so with that's their back why there's a. Sp- that's why there's a spotter. Um, their job is to watch, to run after the person and watch to make sure 
the pole doesn't fall backwards because if it does, they can yell at the climber or the field yipper, excuse me, to uh, jump off and just oh, let fall it go. Oh, water. Because okay. sometimes I guess it's hard to tell if it's moving like backwards while you're also climbing really sure, fast. Sure, 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 sure. So they let you know, hey, we're falling the wrong direction. I did see one video of a guy who tried, didn't quite reach the center of gravity, so the pole fell backwards and he fell with it. And they have, at this particular competition, they had like haystacks all next to the platform and he oh, okay. landed and crashed into these haystacks. Ooh. That, yeah. This is like, it's no uh, redneck. Like I thought it was like pretty just thrown together, but this is, they have like sponsors everywhere. Sponsors and, and uniforms and they're hundreds yeah. of spectators. And it looks like they put this sand pit, like they bring in all the sand. Like uh-huh. it's. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not actually there. I don't think it was like an actual like bring people in, set it up, make it official. Oh, yeah. It's like a legit thing. There's announcers and like the cheering fans and they all have their uniforms. And I think, I don't know for sure, but I feel like they might have teams sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like sometimes they're dressed similarly. So they've I don't got know. jerseys. Yeah. That's it, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. If you're just listening and you haven't looked it up by now, you definitely should. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very fascinating. Um, another interesting thing is the strategy of placing the pole stock. So if you set it closer to the jumping platform, it requires a lot less momentum, um, to get it kicked up and over, but you're, and so you'll be a lot more likely to succeed, but you won't be in the air nearly as long. So you won't have, cause it moves a lot faster. So you won't have nearly as much time to climb the pole. Um, and vice versa, if you uh, move the pole stock further back, it requires much more momentum and like sprinting, jumping power to push it up and over. But it's going to be a lot slower, so you'll have a lot more time to climb and get higher up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the trickiest part is your goal essentially is to get the momentum and the force just right so that the pole reaches its peak height, its center of gravity as slowly as possible. And you have to do all this while holding on to the pole, climbing, you have to balance, and then you have to use your body to try to steer the direction of the pole too. So there's so many different things that go into like a mm. successful field. Yep. Sure. Um, the, yeah, I, I would love to try this someday. I think it's very, very interesting. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting too, because some of these people I'm watching, they climb up really high. Mm-hmm. And they only land, so you have the sand pit, and then just past that is where you have the stands that are facing yeah, facing them. So people are coming, the, the guys that are really good are only coming like feet away from the spectators. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I it's, guess it's measured, so the pole's only so high, so you can only get so tall. So yeah. unless you like jump off the top of it, you're not going to That's what I was going to say. The only them, thing but. I could think of that I imagine would be very difficult to do would be if you got like a foot on the top of the pole and you like pushed off. Um, yeah, I don't even know how that's possible. But. I, yeah, I, right. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. So it's only measured by how far you get in the sand. So you could, in theory, not climb the pole as much, but still win the competition if you can leap further on the as the pole's falling. Sure. Similarly, like if you were able to climb the pole really high but had a bad dismount, I mean, you're 
you could still lose to someone who barely climbed at all but had a great dismount. So there's a ton of strategy and a ton of theory that goes into it, which is what makes it so interesting to me, other than having a really fun name. Um, Phil Yepin. Also, if you if you watch the videos, um, the the falls are not light. Like it's brutal. A brutal yeah, they're it's probably crazy. falling from twenty feet in some cases. Well, yeah. So the pole is the pole can be thirteen meters feet high. Yeah, is I think the tallest or the standard for the tallest poles is forty three feet. So it starts tipping. By the time it's gained enough momentum and you let go, it could be letting go from 30 feet up or 20. Yeah, because you're feet almost up. falling diagonally. Yeah. So, and from 40 feet. And there's a lot of sand, so they break their falls, but like some of the times they just fall and just land on their side. And it's I'm, like, I'm sure you could just smack your face on your knee. Like, I, yeah. I bet people. Yeah. Well, now you can watch like Fuel Yepping Fail compilation videos. Ooh, I, don't which, know if, I don't know if I want to do that. It's something I highly recommend, actually. I haven't oh, really? seen... Yeah. So, so it's interesting. It's not nasty? No. I, I didn't see anyone get, like, hurt or anything. Um, but it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of like basketball or baseball or, like, really any of the sports, common sports we have, in that it's got, like, its established competitive thing where they have all the best stuff, but then it's also, like, a local fun thing you can do. Oh. So, like... There's a ton of videos of people that just have like shorter poles, like maybe 10, 15 feet high, and they're just doing it in like smaller canals, trying to learn how to That's, do it and stuff. You could just do this on your own. Yeah, right? Um, you should so just go find of, a stream and jump over it. Feel yep right? across it. Feel yep. Um, so there's a ton of videos of like more local stuff where people try to jump across smaller stuff and then just like fall and splash down in the water and those were pretty entertaining too okay um but i'll i'll end so that's fuel yipping um and it's like i said it's pretty established uh the u.s didn't actually really get a hint of it until the 12th season of the amazing race um speaking of amazing race so we mentioned we that go. twice <laughs> uh, uh sponsored they called by it ditch Phil. falling or so, sorry <laughs> that's funny my notes had a typo ditch vaulting um so that's kind of when the u.s first saw it a little bit um, oh wow i wish there'd be more of it here because i think it's a super interesting sport and i think if it was bigger like if it was the type of thing tens of thousands of people did then you could i mean you'd start having like extreme fuel yuppers um jumping like i don't know 50, 60 foot poles and just like if there were a lot more people doing it and it's like expanding the sport and the intensity of it, I think it could be super cool. I could um, see this as like a track event. Totally. A track and yeah, field that's, event. That's one thing I read is that it's essentially a combination of pole vaulting and the long jump. Yeah, yeah. You're jumping into the sand, but you're also pole vaulting. It's not how high you can get from the pole vault. It's how far you can get. Yeah. It's just like a horizontal pole vault. Yeah. I, I, anyway, uh, I think that it is just a fascinating sport. I'll end with this because this blows my mind. Um, the world record right now was set in 2017 uh, by a guy named Jaco de Groot. Again, so sorry if I mispronounced names <laughs> uh, he's a pretty forgiving guy 
Yeah, I've heard he's a, just a really great dude. A real sweetheart. Um, yeah, just when I was talking to him earlier about this topic, just so kind. <laughs> um, he, he's got the world record. 2017, he did, he jumped 22.21 meters, which is almost 73 feet. Wow. Isn't that... So is that measured from where the base of the pole is or from where you actually jump off? I think the only thing that makes sense to me, because I was confused about that too, the only thing that makes sense would be the base of the pole. Okay. Because for the sand pit itself, you can watch this jump. It's very impressive. Um, the sand pit itself, I don't... Maybe it's 73, fit, th- or 73 feet. Um, but I didn't think so. So I'm assuming it's measured by the base of the pole. Okay. Um, but still, to run, jump on a pole, and then jump off 73 feet later is just so crazy. And uh, that just shows that this sport, you know, it's a cool thing. And there's a lot of cool stuff that can happen. There you and go. I'm yeah, he, I just watched that. He almost almost cleared the sand pit. Yeah, he's like Entirely. a couple feet maybe from like a guy that's sitting there watching. Yeah. I would have been very nervous. Just a dude in a chair. Which is yeah, funny. like you see, you see those videos of like NBA players tackling people <laughs> right. sitting on the on the side yeah. there. But if you I don't get know if I would ever stomped want to by one of these guys, it's over. Yeah, because they're falling from. I mean, that at the world record, he's probably falling from thirty-five feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you land on someone, you're both gonna get very hurt. <laughs> I'm assuming they That's have some wild. sort of math to know that, like, it's not possible for yeah. someone to fall yeah. <laughs> further than this. But yeah. still. So you have it. That's I all that. I got. That's feeling. Big I fan think. of that. I love that. Um, I'm a, just a big fan of sports that are not what I grew up with. And the fact that there are, like, super established sports that I've never heard of that are still very cool. I, love I think it. the closest I've got to feel yupping is when you would – like somebody would break their leg and they're on crutches, and you say, "Oh, yeah, oh can I use, use those a... crutches?" And then you take them and see how far you can step. Yep, <laughs> using the crutches. The good old elementary school. Can I? Uh, can I play can with I your try? crutches for a little bit? And then the, <laughs> the guy who, with the broken legs just sitting there, like, like, "Sure, okay." I'm glad that you guys are all profiting off of my misfortune. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always fun when a, a kid in school breaks his leg. Yes, we got a new one, a new broken yes. leg. Let's Another go. cast to sign. <laughs> more crutches to play with. <laughs> we need more of these. Need more broken leg <laughs> yeah, so people. Somebody else, he's he's getting his cast taken off next weekend. Somebody's got to step up. And... <laughs> Someone step up. And I'm sick of all these broken arm people. They provide nothing. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> no, no entertainment. No fun to the rest of us. If you're going to break or... something, break a leg. Or if we get lucky, somebody breaks both their legs. We can use their wheelchair and try and do some wheelies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all, that's all I got. That's feel yuppin. That's fun. I like that. I, I that's definitely something I would I would try. Now that I know about it, I know it's possible. You find oh, yeah. a little gully with a stream running through it. That's no problem. Pole, I can jump it. Totally. Find a, find a big stick. Just see what see, happens. it's all about now that you know it's possible. Yeah. The world's your oyster. Anything. I will never cross another bridge. <laughs> <Only feel laughs> <Yeah. up. laughs> a worst case scenario, 
I have to drive across it because it's too Ugh. big. But well, it's a walking then, bridge. Oh, me. <laughs> just give me a, a give me a hundred foot pull stock. I'm ready for anything. Ready for or action. Just get two of them. Stilts across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if you had two uh, two pull stocks next to each other? You climb up it, grab the other one, and then you still. That's the over. next evolution of this, I think. Yeah, you you take a couple steps and then you fall. That's yeah. That's something that I'm very interested in is the expansion of this sport because I think <gasps> there's a lot that could be done, and exactly. like if it blew up enough and enough people were doing it, I think it could be like pushed far enough that it could be even more interesting yeah better yet you do it like tarzan you have a series of poles set up one after the other you Uh fall jump onto the next one you could go as far as you want yeah there's no limit definitely you could feel yep indefinitely yeah you could (laughs) feel yep the rest of your life if you wanted (laughs) also another idea you know those big slides over ponds that you slide down then they shoot you off and you go flying way into the air yeah 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 Picture that with, <gasps> with ends in a fuel yep. So instead of just doing a big, you could get jump, on like a sixty footer. Yeah, and then you could fuel yep massive oh, amounts. Man, think about or, that. Or 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 here's one: you're skiing, um, you're doing the pond skim skiing. Instead of trying to ski across the pond, you ski to a fuel yep, and then climb. <laughs> Disconnect you your skis somehow. You have to click off somehow. your skis midair. Push your, you have to take off your boots. You keep your boots completely loosened, so then you jump out of your boots onto the fuel. Yep, <laughs> I love that. And then I guess you land in the snow. That way, this sport can be in the winter and summer Olympics. Yeah, honestly, I would love to see this in the Olympics. I think that'd be so fun. That would be really fun. Yeah, that, it does seem like an Olympic sport for sure. It, it would one be day. one that I would be the most likely to go see. At the Olympics. You know, you have to like pick and choose the events. Yeah, yeah. I think I this think, one would uh, be. Yeah, I think LA is coming up in four years or something. I should email I'm LA. Sure LA is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> or it's hey, be LA, LA. Have Summer you heard Olympics. of fuel yipping? LA, you should, you should think about adding it. <laughs> oh, man. This has, been a good, this has been a good themed episode. Lots of Sports. interesting stuff. I almost, I almost talked about... I was doing some research into soccer and why isn't why it isn't as big in america oh and uh, interesting there fun fact for you people are always hating on americans for calling it soccer Mm -hmm. you know who came up with the word soccer who the british (laughs) it's not even an american word did you know (sighs) that i actually had no idea that's very interesting yeah and now they and then they switched back to football footy let me just tell you the british Blame us for everything. <laughs> also, if you're Ain't listening, that the truth from across the pond. We're super glad that you're listening. Thanks yeah, for thanks feel, for listening. Thanks for feel yipping over the pond glad and you're to here. our podcast. <laughs> thanks for feel yipping over. It's, it means a lot. Ooh, this would make for a good T-shirt. I'd buy this one. What? A feel yipping. A learn oh, me feel something yippin'? feel yipping shirt. Um, like a phrase like feel yip, feel yipping your way in. To my heart. <laughs> Next Valentine's Day, I'm making a, a custom Dutch Valentine's Day card. <laughs> custom card for Mallory. You feel yept right into my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay, um, I'm gonna just give a little recap 
trying yep. to convince people they should vote for me. Yeah, I talked about the Barkley marathons and uh, just when I was thinking about this today, it made me think about my own time when I've done races and running and everything and uh-huh. how much I've learned about how much the human body is capable of. And you're more capable of doing things like this than you think. Not that everybody can do this and you shouldn't. Yeah. Only you 15 people train have. Everything. I know, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just, it's inspiring to see people do crazy things that you wouldn't think is possible. Totally. Yeah, And uh, that's something that I've learned is that you can do more things than than you think. And in that in that David Goggins book, he said he has a 40% rule. Yeah. Where he says, uh, when you think you're absolutely done and can't do anything else, like you're just exhausted, gassed, if you will, then you're only forty yep. percent of the way done. Oh, I so think about that. <laughs> think about that next time you are doing a physically strenuous activity. <laughs> the forty percent rule. From the most intense human on the planet. I yeah, I disagree. But I will <laughs> I'll I'll do some testing. I'll do some physical testing there you go. to see if he's correct. <laughs> Don't kill yourself. I'll run I'll run as far as I think I can possibly run. <laughs> and, then, and, and then I'll do some quick calculations 60%. in my head. <laughs> well, I could, I'm almost halfway. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Anyway, so th- I think that race is interesting. Yeah. And a little Agreed. inspiring. Yeah. Okay. And Why I think people you should vote, vote for you. Yeah. You should vote for me because uh, uh, I talked about something that has some really interesting history. It's got some practical application. Uh, there was some war strategy involved. Uh, there was some science and physics involved. Uh, and then also, it's just a really fun sport and it's really entertaining to watch. I highly recommend anyone. Uh, just Googling and watching one of these competitions, or like a compilation at least. Very interesting. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll link it below too. Yeah, totally. And uh, that's, <laughs> and it's got a fun name. That's about it. Fun sport, interesting backstory, lots of science. War. It's, it's super goofy to think about a guy in war feel yapping across right? many bodies of water. Or something. That just is so goofy. In so my, silly. In my head, uh, I don't know why this is the case, but <laughs> you remember the scene in Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs where the cop is like sprinting to save his son? Yeah, yeah, and He's yeah. like yeah. leaping over stuff. Like, That's what I picture this guy doing in the 80 Years War. He's just like. I picture. Yeah, huge. go ahead. <laughs> he's huge and yoked and just like leaping, and <laughs> soldiers are like tripping around him trying to grab him, and he's just like. Ha! Feel yep, feel yep, feel yep. <laughs> I picture him basically doing that, but he just goes <laughs> Mario. He makes like Mario he just kind of grunts every time he does it. That's so good. Okay, and that's why you should vote for me. Okay. <laughs> so um, punishment we already talked about. We usually don't. We usually reveal it right now, but you know. This is you know a high-stakes, double-or-nothing episode. Loser of this essentially loses both this episode and the previous episode. Yeah. Yep. Uh, please vote for me. And and or me. And Actually, just or me. me. No and. <laughs> and yeah, I, don't, I wonder if you can vote for 
I'll set it up so you can only vote for one person. That's, <laughs> That's what for I'll the do. best. <laughs> yeah. Don't give people any ideas. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, also, uh, thanks for being patient. We know this is a week late, but sometimes life happens. And that's Sometimes all you got to we... drive across Kansas. <laughs> sometimes. And spend time with family. Yeah. Sometimes the time just fuel ups away from you. You know? It really does. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's... could not be further from a lie. <laughs> <laughs> there's the... Not how I meant it to go. There's the sticker. Sometimes the time just fuel ups away from you. The time. I'd put that's that on, a... my, on my coffee mug. My that's like a flask. poster. You know those uh, motivational posters? It says like, <laughs> "Don't let the time like feel yep away from you." <laughs> hang in there. Yep. Don't. It's a guy feel yepping. Uh, let's wrap this one up. Let's okay, end this bad good. boy. Sounds good to me. Anything else you want to say to the people? Um, thanks, patrons, for listening. Yeah, we'll see you in the nightclub. Uh, oh yeah. All right, Larry, play us out. <laughs>